0: so grateful to come together in prayer so grateful to join together and to consciously attune to the highest the best the holy love of God as our very life so grateful to take this breath of love and gratitude and to open ourselves to be the perfect givers and receivers of love so grateful that this is already our true identity and we're willing to stand in it together so grateful to let go of all the blocks to love and to partner up with the higher holy spirit self so grateful to see the love of god in each one in each one of us we're joining together for the holy purpose of recognizing the fullness of love in our very nature, in our true identity, that is present here now. We don't have to make it happen. We're allowing ourselves to recognize the truth that sets us free. So we join together for this holy purpose. We share the benefits with all because we're one with them. In true everlasting gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, Amen. Yes. So' uh, got a few things I'd like to uh, to bring up today, and uh, also any questions you have, because we're we're coming down to the wire here. Um, we have class next week. Uh, on the um, 18th and then we have class uh, we don't have class on the 25th which is Christmas so our class that week is actually going to be on Saturday the 30th so we have two more classes after this class and uh, I've done one-on-ones with many of you. Right now, there are a bunch of open times in my calendar for this week. There will be more for next week. Uh, Christmas week, I really won't have any. I'm gonna take just a few days off with my family and then I start the New Year's reboot retreat. But if you aren't able to get a one-on-one in the next couple weeks, no fret. We'll do it in January. So you, your opportunity will not disappear. Uh, so before we get into the things for today's class, uh, any questions anybody has? Any questions? You can. Uh, we've got Diana, we've got Angela. Let me just see, is there anybody else? Tracy? Okay. I think that's everyone. We'll start with those. Uh, And um, just before we do that, uh, I'll answer a couple of other questions, which are, uh, you've gotten an email from me, I believe, about activation sessions. So uh, I'm hoping that you're scheduling those uh and um yeah okay so let's see we have uh where did uh there you are diana okay great
1: hi everybody um i feel like this is a little bit of a full on question to start <laughs> class with um but it's it has been on my mind all year and i've i um i've yeah i've been curious to ask you what you thought um and it's about it's about veganism or like it's about like not eating animal products and i know you've said that it's not more spiritual to be on a vegan diet and i know um in the in the book zero limits um can't remember his name but the the doctor who practiced ho'oponopono um uh yeah like he ate a hamburger and he just prayed over it and and that was kind of like seen as um like being a beautiful way of addressing I don't know that animal or something like that but I I just um I really wonder cuz I know like dairy products is like the cow is raped and then her baby is taken away from her and and that's horrible for her and she cries out for days and the baby cries out for days and and the dairy industry is the veal industry where you know like those babies are taken and a lot of them are kept in crates where they can't move and um you know and then a lot of the dairy cows end up going to slaughter and then there's also you know the egg industry where like male chicks are a byproduct of that and most of them get ground up alive because they don't lay eggs and so they're not of any use. And even that's organic or free range, that's still the case. And um, I just, it doesn't, and I don't think people are bad people for choosing to buy those, and I have done that a lot in my life, but I I, I don't feel like praying over that is necessarily like really just making all that. Okay. Like, I don't know, like if I, if I raped someone and then I prayed over them, but I still had the intention to go and rape some more people then like, if I prayed over them, would that make my rape? Okay. I mean, and then there's everything like there's no right and wrong anyway, and there's no good and bad anyway. There's just consequences. But, um, so I just was curious, like, and is it that it's it's okay to do that to animals, but it's not okay to do that to humans? And I just it just didn't really feel congruous for me that that such what seems to me like such heinous action that causes very grave suffering um, would be uh, okay just because of the praying. And I want to say again, like I know everything, like you know the Holocaust is okay, and like with Hitler it's okay, but as Um, but it doesn't really seem that loving. (laughs) Um, So I just, yeah, I just wanted to know what your response was to that. And thanks for the space to ask the question.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you are asking it. Diana, I, I, I wouldn't ever say those things are okay. That's just me. I also don't need to uh, judge or attack uh, hmm. people involved, as you well know. I, I I wouldn't say that those things are okay. Um, that's not where I'd go with it. It's for me. I I find it's very helpful to tune in and say what's loving, what's not loving. And to use that as uh, a guidepost is—is is this loving? Is it unloving? And so I think that these questions are extremely important because, the Force of course, miracles tells us that this world is an illusion, and for some people they think, "Well, it's not real, so it doesn't matter what I do here." But the thing is, I I take it this way, that. It it is an illusion and everything I do here has karmic consequences. And so am I making the loving choice or not? Um, For me, it's also about being aware of every choice that I'm making and, and its impact. One of the things that I look at, and I've been thinking about more lately, is the um, like. For me, I I generally don't eat a lot of meat, and I particularly don't eat meat that has been um, oh, just in like fast food and different things like that. I, I'd like to know that it was. Uh, responsibly raised, and, and that kind of thing, lovingly raised, and there's no way to know for sure, really, what's what's going on, and I was a vegetarian for a long time, and for a number of years, I forget now, maybe it was seven years, I don't remember how long it was, quite a few years, though, and then I started to have these dreams that I went to uh, uh, one of the natural stores here and i got an organic free-range chicken and i took it home and cooked it and i had that dream a number of times and i felt like my spirit was telling me it's really important for you to do this and so i started i introduced um that back into my diet again Um, For me, I really believe, seek not to change the world, but to change my mind about the world. So for me, being able to extend love and compassion and to hold things in the highest has an impact on the world. I feel it. I know it because I've seen it happen in my relationships that the more loving I am with other people, the more loving they are with everyone. So I think instead of, for me, instead of condemning uh, people who are doing things that feel irresponsible or wrong or bad to me, extending love to them, extending compassion to them, seeing the whole mechanism, the whole industry wrapped in the violet flame, these practices to me are actually helpful. And Mm. then of course, we, we choose and we vote with uh, our economics by what we decide to purchase or not purchase. So for me, uh, years ago when organic food was very expensive, it was markedly more expensive than non-organic food, I consciously made the decision, I'm gonna support the organic farming industry so that it grows and flourishes and these foods will become the norm and i see now that uh, organic foods are not necessarily so much more expensive than others and they're far more readily available and so i'm glad that i i for years i was making an investment in buying a higher quality food um i have really been thinking that uh, and I notice I just naturally have not been interested in eating beef and buying beef, and really that, um, and not supporting the, the cow industry in that way, uh, because of also the pollution and mm-hmm. the soybeans, and the uh, the, you know. Just that it's not, it has too big a footprint. It's not its not a good idea for humanity to keep eating so much beef for so many reasons. And so I feel it's really important to make those conscious choices like you're talking about. And to energize what we are interested in supporting <laughs> and focusing on what we'd like to support more than what we don't like. I find that that makes for more loving choices and it makes for us to 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 be healthier. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to be able to talk about these things, to think about these things, to make mm-hmm. these conscious choices. And of course, miracle students, most of them will say, well, don't make it real, don't make it real. And that's another thing I've seen, I've had, Uh, A number of Course in Miracles students come to me and say things like, you know, when I just see somebody eating a, a piece of fruit that's not organic, it makes me angry. I feel angry that they're eating something that's not organic. And then we talk about it and they say they're angry because they feel like the person is poisoning themselves, that they're not supporting the organic farmers, that they're supporting other kinds of chemical companies and this and that. And I understand all that, but that's the interpretation and that's the meaning that we make of it. And I would say that somebody who's eating something that's inorganic is not thinking, I'd like to support the chemical companies. I'd like to to um, make it harder for the organic farmers. Uh, I'm hoping to poison myself. No one who eats an inorganic piece of fruit is thinking that, really. I mean, very... Possibly one or two people might be thinking that. But most people aren't <laughs> that. So to be angry at them is, what's that doing? That's upsetting me. I'm upset because I'm judging. And that's where I'm not helping humanity. So in a world where everything is symbolic, in a world where everything is symbolic, what is a more detrimental thing for someone to be thinking attack thoughts or someone to attack. This is what everyone can consider and think about and see for themselves what feels um, You know, I I have conversations with people and I've seen it myself, I've experienced it where my attack thoughts really affected somebody else and their happiness and how their, their health was. My attack thoughts could really affect another person. I've seen other people's attack thoughts really affect me. So the more our mind is... not focused in love the more susceptible we are to people's attack thoughts and being influenced by them so love is our protector love is our protector and so it's the thing that will make this world the most loving place it can possibly be which means Every single person would be practicing perfect love 100% of the time. The way that we get there is for us to practice perfect love as much as we possibly can. And so if the thoughts we're thinking are upsetting us, they're probably some kind of attack thought. So it's about making the most loving choices that we can that feel loving in our heart. So for me, it's about eating the things that feel like my my body is being nurtured and loved and I'm contributing to the economy in ways that are also responsible and loving. Mm -hmm. There've been a lot of movies in the last few years, half dozen, 10 years, about the food and farming industry to help people to understand what the practices are so that they can make more conscious choices. Hmm. But if we're trying to inform people by arguing with them and making them wrong and bad and stupid, then we're not extending love. And so we're not being helpful, we're attacking. So it's, it's such a deep practice, moment by moment, to have peace in every step and love in every choice. And so, finding the ways to disseminate information that's helpful to people making more conscious choices without frightening them and without making them feel bad. Hmm. And so how do we do that? It's our intention. What's our intention? Is our intention to, uh, attack people and judge them and criticize them, or is it to support them in making more loving choices? Yeah, it's it's a really important and valuable question. How do you feel about it, Diana?
2: How do I feel about... Um, Talking well, about
1: people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's great that we all make our own choices. <laughs> it's been designed in that way and um, and... And you know, we make our own choices either consciously or un- un- unconscious. As in like, some people don't really know in this particular, I'll just talk about in this particular field, you know, like some people might not know what's happening with the animals or the environmental destruction. and um, and that's fine. And some people don't want to know, and that's fine. And like, I think it's, it's fine and great that, you know, things, it works the way it does that we make our choices and, um, I hope it didn't come across as me being condemning before, because I didn't mean it in that way. No,
0: Um,
1: no. Thank you. Um, I like what you said about it, like um, that if we're coming from a place of love and like, uh, you know, you said you had this dream about eating this chicken and so you felt spiritually led. And, um, yeah, that feels good for me that people make choices in, in those ways or, even if people don't, if they're like, ah, I don't care, like, yeah, great, like that's the choice they want to make. But um, but what didn't sit well with me was when I uh had that audio book Zero Limits and the the Dr. Hugh Lin, the way he said like he prayed over it and that kind of made it okay. That just felt a little trite for me. Um, or like uh, like the like the reality of like um. Of, of what it, it takes for that product to be on my plate can be made okay by a prayer. Like I just didn't feel comfortable with that concept. Um, and I certainly don't feel like everyone here should be eating the way I'm eating or that they should do what I want them to do. Or, and I don't think veganism is the be all and end all of, in like, of, you know, what can be done for animals or the environment. But, um, Yeah, I just really didn't like the idea that we could say, "Oh, just say a prayer and it's that's fine." Like, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. I I guess because I'm invested here in masterful living, as uh, like I feel very aligned with the principle of um, that love is ultimate reality, and that we all are love, and that this this kind of like dichotomy of like when they say nothing is real or like everything's an illusion. And because the ultimate reality is love and I, yeah, I can see how some people could say, well, then who cares what happens here? And I feel like it's a bit of a delicate balance to hold that, like, well, really everything's love when we see all this like rape and murder, but that's really love as well. Um, Like it's kind of tricky to, yeah, it's tricky, I guess, to hold, Things it's in a loving space, tricky. and um, but you know it's fun when you get it. Um.
0: <laughs> it's very tricky. It's very hmm. very tricky. And you know, part of the trickiness, Diana, is um, that we, yes, we, our thoughts have power in this world to shift energy, to shift the vibration of things and to bless things and to uh, relinquish uh, attack, to to release the attack thought energy. And so I feel it's really valuable and important to bless our water, bless our food, to bless our body temple and to bless everything over and over again all day long and um, raise the vibration of things uh, before we eat them. And uh, I, I do believe, I, I'm absolutely, I know the power of prayer. And if our prayer is, um, you know, in the Bible it says, faith without works is dead. So if our prayer is empty, people are just muttering words, that, that's not something that's actually useful or helpful um perhaps there's a tiny bit of intention in it that we're even bothering but some people would say prayers and it's just putting on a show for them it's um it's actually uh not real for them at all and uh the most uh and jesus gave an example in his life of um he asked the apostles whose prayer is more powerful the um religious leader or the tax collector who the religious leader who prays in the temple or the tax collector who prays in secret and remember at the time of jesus the tax collector was the the uh, occupying army the romans and so and they were loathed and despised So he said, so whose prayer is more powerful, the tax collector who prays in secret or the Pharisee, the religious leader who prays in the temple where all can see? And even his apostles said, well, the Pharisee, of course, the religious leader. And Jesus said, no, no, because he's praying so that people will see it. There's no humility in it. It's all hubris. It's show. It, it's it's not a prayer of the heart. But the tax collector who's praying in secret, his prayer, because of course it was a man, uh, is in secret. Is is true. That that's the prayer of the heart. That's the one that God is responding to. Not that God is a person, but um, and and so that's the thing. If we're it's so important, Diana, what you're talking about because our thoughts are are like energy. And so the Course of Miracles tells us that it's not true forgiveness. If we look upon a thing and call it a sin and then say, But I forgive it. So if we look upon, oh, this meat was raised in cruel circumstances but i forgive it but in our heart we we think no that's wrong what happened and and i don't feel good about it and i'm i'm not really sure my prayer does anything if that's our mind about it that is what we're putting into the world and so Words are nothing. They're symbolic. It's really how we feel in our heart and in our mind. And so calling for the food industry that feeds the world to come into right relationship with the earth, with God, with love, making that prayer every day, blessing the food, knowing that. This food is raising the vibration of my body, and i 'm giving thanks to all those beings along the way who had anything to do with it i 'm blessing their lives i 'm blessing their families and i 'm blessing Mother Earth and her amazing bounty and givingness i 'm blessing everything and everyone who contributed to bring this food to me and And I know that it lifts my vibration. It's healing and nourishing to my body temple. The conversation I have with the people that I'm enjoying this meal with, our conversation is nourishing to the spirit. And the very fact that we're having this meal, we are not only receiving a blessing, we're amplifying it and we're sharing the benefits with everyone. Taking each opportunity to be that way, that we're requalifying everything by having it as part of our life experience. We're requalifying negative energy because we have the power to do that. So we can sleepwalk through the world or we can take all the opportunities that we have each day to requalify uh, the energy of things and what other people, the meaning they're making of it, what they're thinking about it. So... really holding what you would like to see. Seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Um, That's the way to change the world.
1: Yeah, I really like what you're saying about energizing what we want to see and Yeah, like I mostly prefer to just shine a light and then if people want to know about it, they can ask me. But I also do like posts on Facebook. But, yeah, not really, really accusing ones and stuff. But, yeah, I just – what I was – the thread I wanted to just finish before was that um, because this community and and like the ideas in it – about love being central. Yeah. Because of that being important to me. And then I felt uncomfortable with that about Dr. Hugh Um, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable not addressing that. And what you've said about true prayer, um, I thought I don't really want to get judgmental about people's prayers. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I can see how like a real prayerfulness is a different kind of a thing yeah and that that isn't right. so anyway yeah i appreciate what you've said and um i'll probably just sit with that for a bit but i really appreciate having the space to just to address that and bring out like what the question that was on my heart about it yeah, yeah. me too thanks
0: yeah thank you All right, we have, um, let's see, we have, where did Angela go? There you are. Hello.
3: Um, All I was asking was, could you do a quick recap on the activation sessions? What they're
0: actually for? Yes, I'm happy to. So it's really for activating your... um, Awareness of what? Of why there's a tremendous amount of static? I'm just gonna um, leave you out there, Angela. So just just wave when you'd like to be unmuted or unmute yourself again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you could unmute yourself when it's t- when you'd like to speak. So I'll I'll respond to you and then. Just because there's, I don't know what there is, there's like a noise in the background there. Um, And um, actually there's a comment here from, oops, wrong button, from Carol, where did it go? To everyone, Uh, and Carol, if you'd like to speak, Uh, she says something is not true. I'm curious where the raping of cows come in. Not sure if you know, but if you go to cut down grass or a plant, it leans away. A lot of this animal stuff is lies. I have a dairy farm and I bless my animals and treat them very nice. So uh, I... Carol i i uh, would love to give you an opportunity for you to tell us about that and uh and i i bet no one would be as interested as uh anyone would be less interested than or more more interested than diana so and you can also have that conversation um in facebook and uh so i I I welcome, I welcome, welcome your sharing. I'd love to know what you have to say if you feel like sharing more with us. So in the meantime, I'm gonna answer Angela's question and hope you'll come back and and share with us, Carol. And I'm I'm so glad that we can have a dialogue and and learn from each other. So the activation session is to really activate your heart's desire. And so that you're leading from your heart's desire, not your ego. And so the focus in the activation session is uh, to look at is there a challenge in your life that you'd like to let go of and to activate the energy in your, your heart, in your belly, in your awareness, to say, okay, I'm going to go for it. So to activate your willingness, that's the purpose of it. And um, I know we've had some people here who've had activation sessions. If any of you would like to share your, you know, just some headlines of your experience of it, uh, you can raise your hand. So we've got Dina and uh, Vanessa. So uh, Dina, I'm gonna unmute you. Yes, um, can you hear me all right? Yeah,
4: it's a little faint. Okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, what I really liked about the activation session in particular there was a point at which um, after identifying the challenge um, and looking six months into the future and then a year into the future to see how your life uh, experiences and feelings have changed that your, that your one year out self gives advice to your current self. And that was, that was really exciting. And just it, was, it felt like a moment that lifted above time if that would, if that makes sense. It just, it felt, it had a very magical um, miraculous sort of feel to it that, uh, you know, somebody who had accomplished and overcome and got, was guided in a more positive and heart-centric, you know, more aligned way with, was talking to my current self sitting there in the chair from, from that day and saying, this is what, um, this is what the advice I would give you. So it's it's really an exciting um, experience.
0: Great, yeah. I mean, that's the idea, is that you would move up out of time and space and the density of it to really catch the vision and the spiritual inspiration uh, to have more willingness to move towards eliminating the challenge. So great. Thanks, Dina, and uh, we've got
3: Vanessa here. Um, I felt like the activation session was quite effective and helpful in keeping me very focused and immersing me in the experience of already letting go of this challenge. So every time I would gravitate back to the story of how I, why I had the challenge or had the challenge or had it. Um, I was gently but firmly guided back into immersing myself and really in the experience of it's already gone. And to me, that was what was so powerful Mm. because I could actually feel it was that experience of time traveling. (laughs) I actually experienced that it, I was already in that place, and I was, Uh, so it was very effective, and I found that listening to the activation session over and over was very helpful uh, because it kept bringing me back to what it felt like to be so free and so light and so much in the joy of freedom and peace and just harmony and love. So I really found it profoundly helpful.
0: I'm God. You know, I really um kept asking Spirit what more can I do? What more can I do to support people in letting go of their challenges and realizing that spirit can do the heavy lifting if we allow it. And that's what came through was that activation session. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I, I felt like I didn't have to try to let go of anything. It just naturally fell away because it was nothing. <laughs> so that was great. It is great, especially if it feels like a
0: tremendous burden when you begin to think about it. Yeah. yeah. So these activation sessions, they're free. Um and um the counselors are doing it as part of their training. Um, if you'd like to make a love offering, you can. Uh, always appreciated, it, uh, and, but it's not necessary. The main thing is that if you'd like to experience more activation to let go of your challenges, let's do it. Um, and if. If you can't do it uh, at the end of this year, you can do it early next year, but sooner rather than later. Yeah. Lighten your burden. And it takes about 30, 40 minutes to do it. So, yeah. Make an appointment. Thank you, Vanessa. And then we had, uh, I guess that was a. Anybody else have any questions or things Tracy? Right.
5: hi that was that was a good question. It was great to hear all that yeah, all of it. Um, my question is is just more about um masterful living too. Just wondered if you could just talk a little bit about what it's like I mean before coming into year one, we read we could read what was on you know the website and um so anyway I just just like to hear a little bit more about what it's like to continue on into masterful living too as I'm still making my decision.
0: Sure. Um you know what I'm going to do is um each first I have to say each year it's different. So it's not mm-hmm. the same every yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, it's a unique group of people and so we and each year the energy is different but Roslyn is finishing her year two. Roslyn, would you be willing to share and answer that question from your perspective?
6: I would say that in general, probably even though each year the syllabus changes a little bit, I imagine it's always a deepening of what you learn in year one. And the reason I feel that way is I took the year one, and then this year I listened to year one, pretty much every class. And when it's not brand new, even though I've been a Course in Miracles student forever, that, that the ideas were never new, but hearing it the way Jennifer applies everything, made it, the twists on everything made it new. And the second year, it's not new because you heard it the first year. And so it goes in more deeply. And for me, anyhow, the application is what makes all the difference. You know, we can talk about ideas as you write in your espresso. It's not ideas or books that do it. It's how you take them in your heart and apply it in your life that makes all the difference. And I think that there's, a lot of space in year two to expand on the ideas and the application of year one. Also, you've said before, and this is very true is that when you start year two, you know each other so much better Mm -hmm. because year one, you're all new to each other pretty much. Mm -hmm. And it takes a while. You can tell from the community calls how, how, you know, half the year they become very intimate. Um, and that that continues you you know each other's ways and you know each other's stories so you can help each other just in the invisible to let go of the story when someone goes back to their story instead of joining them or asking for more details you can see them in the highest way possible and then that helps you Helped me to then not join my story because I'm in the practice of not joining other people's stories. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of thing that's very different. Um, For me, I loved doing the Enneagram with people that was on our book, Syllabus, um, this last year. I don't know how many people know that, but um, it's a personality, personality study that helps you pick your personality and it's not that we are our personalities, that's what we're not, but it it encapsulates a certain uh, motivations and behaviors that we might um, benefit from being more conscious of. And so I've enjoyed sharing that with people um, this last year uh, and seeing how Some people have really changed with the use of that knowledge or the application of that. Uh, And then there were several books that I never would have read. Um, uh, What's the the right title for the Roses book? Um,
0: Pathway of Roses. Never
6: would have read that book, never. And I thought, I have now a use for that book because my daughter who's working with the angels say things to her that I would not have... I wouldn't have had any way to begin to understand. So sometimes you don't know why you're, you're, you're being taught something and then the application comes right after that. So uh, you can ask me more questions, Jennifer. I don't know if I said exactly what you were looking for, but uh, I'm going to do masterful living three because I've just loved masterful living two. And for many of us being part of the sacred circles, was a big part of um, our masterful living two year, which was different from one. So you all experienced that this in your one year, we experienced it in year two, you know, from being facilitators. Yeah,
0: because the circles didn't exist before. There were just the community, community calls were every week Mm -hmm. and we changed it this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the the topics that we discuss in class are not the same every year. Um, one, one of the things I'm really feeling uh, this year coming up is to look at healing on all levels, mm-hmm. mental, emotional, physical, but also etheric, which is the causal body. Looking at healing on all those levels through the... Um, Teachings of A Course in Miracles Mm. is one of the things I feel really uh, drawn for us to look at this coming year. Uh, To me, we spend also a lot of time uh, in looking at self-love and loving ourselves. What are the self-loving practices? What are the unloving self-practices? And uh, becoming more loving with ourselves of course, always becoming more loving with others. And it's very much about, you know, there's um, in the first year, there's so much focus on understanding the power of non-judgment and practicing non-judgment and taking out the trash and the habits of judging. And so we're doing the same thing in year two Uh, But there's a lot more subtlety now that we can see because we've eliminated so much and um, There's we see our choices more clearly many times But then other times we don't see them as clearly they're more subtle. So there's there's a lot of work on the, the, the subtle understanding of things and there's also another aspect to it, which is really understanding the power of our, of our mind to bring things into manifestation, really taking a greater responsibility for everything just as it is. um we've got rand and sean both here they're in year three and i'm just wondering who who is here who has done year two that would like to share anything about it Rand and Sean, I don't know if you can share where you are.
7: I'll uh, I'll jump in there, Jennifer. Oh, thanks, Rand. I don't think um, I really understood master living until I got to year two. Year two was really a defining time for me. Really, the growth period truly accelerated. I think uh, I began to leave some of my victims victim's state in my life and grew so much in two and three has just been an exponential path for me at this point. Um, and still going there it's the growth is just phenomenal. So yeah, I think two is where it really took off for me. Mm. I really began to understand things took a while for maybe to, to really get into my system and to really open up my heart fully. But, um, So I think all of you who jump into two are really gonna have that experience. So I welcome and look forward to seeing you in two as well because I'll be taking those classes again with you as well.
0: Thank you, Rand. Does anybody have other particular questions for Rand or Rosalind? Do you have any more? Questions, Tracy.
5: Uh, this is very helpful. So, thank you. Very helpful. Um, and I, I, know, I, yeah, I know you don't do it exactly the same. That's not how you do anything. I know that, and I appreciate that that you follow spirit so much. So, I wasn't trying to get it super nailed down. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is it like is it like year one? We alternate um, masterful circles now and community calls. So, we do those. Every other week?
0: Yes, the Mastery Circles. Uh, hopefully many of you will be facilitators.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mastery Circles, what we're calling the Sacred Circles. Right. right here, just to have more clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the community calls will be there. The difference this coming year is we're going to start the Mastery Circles as early in January as we possibly can. So if not the first week, then the second week um and uh so that that's one key difference because we didn't start them until uh mid march last time mm-hmm. so we're going to jump in earlier uh and um and you know in year 1 you all didn't have prayer partners until that late in march so in year two, you will have prayer partners from the first, from the very first. Okay. So you'll have um, uh, at least four prayer partners throughout the year, maybe five.
6: I, Jennifer, yeah. this year didn't we have, uh, in year two, we had community calls every week.
5: Yeah, yeah. we have community calls every week. Oh, that's in- what I was asking. So they don't alternate. Okay no okay
0: no, no. thanks okay. for that clarification yeah okay. um and some people might like to be community call facilitators who would not like to be sacred circle facilitators uh our mastery circle facilitators uh because the mastery circle is uh it's a commitment of the um being there most of the time, every other week throughout the year. Um, And um, the community calls, since there's only two a month, uh, you know, you could do uh, just a, a few of them throughout the year and that would be fine, as long as you really felt you were confident and comfortable doing it usually the folks who do the community calls they like to do them uh in addition to the sacred or in in addition to the mastery circles or uh they like to do a lot of them but it's really it's open it's totally open uh I'm just trying to see if I get any other things to uh, share about. We usually do read a few books. Um, one of the books I have always read in year two is called Testimony of Light by Helen Greaves. Not everyone loves it. For me, I just love it. And to me, I I uh I feel it's such a, a valuable, valuable book, Testimony of Light by Helen Greaves. And um and we we'll look at Christian Larson's book again and um Pathway of Roses. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Mm.
6: I think um, there, it, it's a pretty good bet that Jennifer will be intuiting what people need um, and what's on their minds and hearts, and I think she's very good at that. And so, spirit will guide not just her and what she wants to teach, but what's what the group needs or what's up for the group. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, we started working on Zoom in, I think it was September of 2016. So this is the first year we've done the whole year on the video platform. And it's made a very substantial difference in the curriculum because Mm -hmm. in the... When we were on the phone, I was, it, I was doing more of a, a lecture style. And um, kind of like I do more in the first six months of Masterful Living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of uh, the first year, but what I've seen since we moved to the video platform, particularly in year two and three and Ascension pathway is that we're a smaller group and people know each other better and p- people are more engaged. There's more conversation. Um, and so we And our lives are the curriculum more. The
7: Mm -hmm.
0: curriculum comes from what, what are you dealing with? And, and it's, it's less about me teaching principle. It's far more about the principle has already been shared. Now we're really, how do we apply it? How are we not applying it? How are we, uh, up in our heads about it and not with our in our heart about it mm-hmm. so it really is even more a practical application um, but there are still things that are I introduced that we we didn't get to talk about in year one that some people have never heard of um, but we also will spend you know real time on things like compassionate listening and prayer And uh, again, working at the the level of the mind, healing at the level of the mind, and uh, understanding karma better, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. We've got Felicia raising her hand. Hey there. Hi
3: there. I just wanted to clarify about the um, facilitator
5: um, leader
7: um, that would be, and the community leader, would that be for the year one group if you're moving to
3: year two?
0: Yeah, the um, The year two community calls, um, they don't really need a facilitator so much. Mm-hmm. People kind of know the drill by then. And so it, it can just be an open conversation. Um, and <clears throat> as long as someone is kind of starting and stopping the video, that, that's all that matters. And um, uh, though a lot of times, you know, truly, the people who are in year three in Ascension Pathway, they love the community so much they wish to go to the year two community call to be a support, to just listen and maybe participate a little bit. We see that year after year that people enjoy it so much. They wish to show up and they're happy to, uh, help facilitate. So that, that's a lovely, lovely thing. And, um, So yes, and uh, a lot of year two people will be in those mastery circles, co-facilitating those and facilitating the year one community calls because they definitely need facilitation. Mm
3: -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. The year two student, they would have the Zoom class in a community call and a masterful, sort of mastery circle call, if they wish to,
0: if they wish to co-facilitate one, and um, you know, I we haven't really talked about it because we're we're doing it new all the time. But to me, if someone in year two does not wish to be a facilitator for a sacred circle for a mastery circle. But they'd like to participate in one I do not see a problem with that I don't see a problem with that at all but it is the the class now one of the other differences is that in year two in order to make it a little more manageable for everyone there um, there aren't as many classes Uh, so that you can if you wish to really participate in all the community calls because remember year two has community call every week Um, though no one does participate in all the community calls of course not but there are many people who like to be there it's really important to them and they show up really every week um and uh and with the uh Many people in year two as co-facilitators, they have that uh, that aspect of the <clears throat> community. And then there are many people who will listen to the year one call every week. You know, like Rosalind's saying she, she does that. Rand uh, is one who listens to a lot of the calls. And um, there's quite a few people even in year three who still listen to year one every every time. So um and, and in year four too. So uh but that's optional. You get all of that as a bonus. You get you get full access to year one to participate like Sean is here and Rand is here and Rosalind is here. Um that you get full opportunity to participate to um, ask questions to share in year one to listen to all the recordings and there's no there's no additional charge for that but and i really encourage people to if you have time to listen to and participate in or just even just listen to the year one class um, because when you listen to it again, it's like Rosalind was saying. When you listen to it again, you will hear, without question, you will hear things that you did not hear the first time around. Mm-hmm. People will often say to me, "I don't remember you talking about that last year," as though I didn't talk about it. And I'm like, "Yeah, I get it. You didn't. You didn't, don't remember it. That's okay." um there's been so many spiritual teachings that i've heard i literally heard them a thousand times before i finally went oh okay now i i get it i get it i get it and some things i heard five thousand times before i got that's how it is, is, is. In my experience, one of the most exciting things about doing are a true, having a true spiritual practice and being a true spiritual student, meaning it's just my heart is in it, is that as I remove the layer of my unbelief, as I remove the layer of I prefer to think of myself as separate, as I remove all these subtle layers that are like veils in the mind, as those uh, drop away, as I let them go, as I allow them to be removed from me, then I can see and feel and know and hear more clearly what the truth is. And so it seems as though I'm discovering it for the first time. It was always there. It was, it's, the truth is who we are, it's what we are, it's our very nature. It, we're not separate from the, the infinite truth. Every spiritual principle, every spiritual truth is written in our heart, it's the essence of our being. But just like we've, we don't, maybe we don't realize that we have an ability that because we've, we've had a different belief, Uh, we can discover, oh, my God, now I get this, I understand this, and now I can live my life differently because of it. You know, I think of my mom uh, used to say that she was tone deaf. And so I noticed that whenever people were going to sing happy birthday, that I always sounded like I was off key. I, I couldn't quite harmonize with people. So I thought I must be tone deaf too. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know what tone deaf even meant. Not really. And then I, I decided, you know what? I don't like not feeling good about being able to just sing happy birthday. So I... Uh, made a determination that I was going to take some singing lessons. And as God would have it, somebody was doing group singing lessons where every week you had a one-on-one lesson and you had a group lesson each week. You had both for six weeks or something like that. And um, so I, I took that and the teacher really showed me, Hey, you've got a, you've got a good voice. You know, you could definitely carry a tune. You're not tone deaf at all. It was a revelation to me. And then um, when I moved to LA and I started, uh, I, I joined the Agape Choir. And I sang in that choir and I loved it for 11 years. And then I had too much responsibility as a minister to sing in the choir for another church. So um, I, I had to quit just. I decided to quit but um, I didn't know I could harmonize with people I didn't know I had that ability until I made the decision that I wished to let go of feeling ashamed or afraid to sing with other people so I made the decision to let go of that and just feel confident and comfortable and then I discovered all these other things and then I found all this joy and fun and love in in singing so it's like that you know we let go of these veils these ideas in our mind and you've done that this year can anybody think of an example where you had a belief uh about yourself about life about someone else and you you let go of that belief this year and your, your life changed. Anybody have a clear example of that?
2: Laurel. The dog, the dog that barked and, and, oh, and that bark. me crazy who still barks. And I mean, we went to mediation over this. I mean, this was a big deal. I love this dog. Now, I love this family now. I go over and hang out with them and I play with their pets. So, that was a wonderful example of what you're talking about. Yes. Yes, so now when you hear the dog barking, it's I just know "Hi. Hi Buster." In my, and my just out loud even. "How you doing?"
0: yeah and has the sound of Buster's barking
2: changed yes i mean i when it you know at the beginning of of all of it 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 felt like it was like I was being attacked by it literally um, it, and it felt like it was in my bedroom with me and and now. It's loud. I mean, everybody that comes into my house goes, what's that parking? You know, I mean, they hear it. It's loud. But I. it's outside. It's over there. And uh, it does not, it doesn't penetrate me the way that it originally had. My nervous system. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's because the decision you made the choice you made it changed how you experience the very same thing exactly yeah yeah i rem- I, I I remember very clearly the first time we talked about it,
2: <laughs> yeah, it was big for me yeah, how are you feeling, laurel? Not very well. Thank you. Hmm. Well, you're smiling. I am. (laughs) Yeah, that's something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 it's just giving me an opportunity to put, you know, what I'm learning more into practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah that's what our challenges do. Yeah. I don't know where it came from but I know it comes from playing cards it's that put up or shut up. You know, it's like we 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 open our hearts, we open our minds or as spiritual students at some point we have to say I'm I'm taking responsibility so Um, I'm even going to take responsibility for everything in my life that I don't like. It's such a, such a huge shift when we move into that space, 100% responsibility and no blame, such a huge, huge shift.
2: Yeah. That's, that's the hard, that's where I'm butting up, you know, again. Yeah those those things you know um you know people tell and people's opinions and you know advice and um yeah so yeah it's give it's, it, it there's for somebody that's pretty much home all the time i have plenty of opportunities to work on myself mm-hmm. interaction with with um, you know my friends and just people that I come into contact with the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you for your willingness. Anybody else like to share anything or ask anything? Not seeing any hands raised. Uh, So I know I talked with a few people who were going to either share something or ask something.
5: Um, a little, a, a little delightful thing that happened this week. Could I share that? Yes,
0: um, Gracie.
5: A, a, a way that I experienced, um, well, it was a day where I was, uh, really working a lot to, to be in love all day long. And it was a day where I was seeing clients and, um, I thought, yeah, I just want to see what I can do to do this and in, in case it, it, it enfold everything more and more in love. Um, so, so before one of the sessions I was having with a mother and a little boy, who's about two years and eight months, I was um, just, you know, kind of praying about them and their situation. And even as I was deciding what toys to put out, he's, he's um, speech delayed and, and has other things going on such that there's behavioral things and, um, he's delightful, though, he comes running into the office with this huge smile, and he's so excited, he just can't wait to get in there, he's delightful, but but sometimes behaviorally, he's like on the couches, and on the chairs, and touching things he's not supposed to be touching, and you know, it's like that, um, anyway, and, and he can't tell us really what he wants, so I, I felt that I was listening to spirit, and that I, I really thought, you know, I really think I'm getting the toys that are going to be interesting and facilitate meaningful play. That's going to be enjoyable for him and the communication with his mother that we're aiming for anyway. So it was a nice session and we didn't have any of the challenges that we do. And at the end of the session, we get to the waiting room and the mom always says, do you want to give Tracy a hug? Goodbye. And I kind of squat down and he comes running to me and he gives me a hug and it's delightful. And this time he caught me by the neck. He's really strong and he, um, kissed me on both cheeks back and forth and back and forth and back. Now he can't pucker yet. He doesn't know how to pucker. So it was more of this open mouth, you know, little two and a half year old type of a kiss. Um, I just was, I, I was feeling the love, you know, and it was so sweet. There were a few other things that day that were kind of like that, but that were just a reflection of the love back to me on a day where I was um, it was one of my better days in terms of feeling like I was living how I want to live every day, you know? Um, and that was one of the things that just came back to me. It was so sweet because he has a hard time communicating himself. And I was like, wow, you know, and then you ran off with this delightful grin. Oh, was so cute.
0: He's communicating.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He can communicate. not with the words as much yet but yeah yeah but the whole day there were other things like that like there were subtle things little not huge things but that were just the reflections of the love coming back to me I got to see a neighbor that I'd really been wanting to see when I came home that night she just happened to be walking her dog right past my driveway and I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen her in a while and I'd really been kind of praying I'd like to see her I want to know how her mom's doing and so that was like oh there she is there she is you know, right there. So it was lovely. I,
0: I hear you reporting to us uh, your experience of really feeling in the flow of love.
5: Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I I don't, I, I, I'm aiming to do it more and more all the time. The consistency, right? <laughs> but yeah. It was, that was a good experience that day.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is it. Our life is filled with contrast. Mm-hmm that we can do it, it's ours. And then we we make other choices, we take ourselves out, and then we go, oh, that's right, I could choose love. And more and more, we stay in the love. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tracy. One thing that I would like to share about before we close out here is that in in we've been talking for the last few weeks, we've been talking about relationship. And one of the things that I'm going to invite you to practice, we can talk about this more in year two if you're interested. Uh, and I think it's really essential to our spiritual life and our relationships is that if you're having a challenge communicating with a person here's the practice for you to become uh, in your spiritual practice to set aside some time of contemplation and prayer stillness And to go within, and you ask your guides, angels, uh, however you feel connected to the invisible field, it can be calling upon angels, ascended masters, ancestors, you can call upon all the company of heaven, Uh, you can, if you just feel comfortable with Jesus or Buddha or Kuan Yin or mother Mary, however it works for you, but you intend and you ask for assistance and raising your awareness up to fifth dimensional awareness. Fifth dimensional awareness is when you can see beyond time and space. So you can s- s- in- become more clear of causation so when we can see beyond time and space we can see or feel or sense that there is a cause of things that makes sense so often in our life what we see and feel and experience doesn't make any sense to us it can be crazy making because it doesn't make any sense to us And we're trying to work in the world of form to change things that don't make any sense to us and this is why foundational to masterful living is we stop trying to manage control and manipulate everything instead we work at the level of the mind to be clear and focused in how we'd like to feel and what we prefer to experience without attachment. And this is a very, very deep practice. And when we commit to it, and we really are working it more and more fully every day, it transforms our life. It's because it transforms our mind. So one of the practices you can use, and I I know not everyone's going to continue on, so I really want to make sure that you have this practice and I'd like to invite everybody to try it out this week. You can do it in five or 10 minutes. I'd really give yourself 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but here's so you get still, you call upon the, uh, masters, the angels, the company of heaven. However, you feel connected to that higher love consciousness or beyond consciousness, pure spirit. And um, because uh, a master like Jesus, they're operating beyond consciousness. Consciousness is part of the egoic system. So, uh, and you say, I would like to lift my awareness up to fifth dimensional awareness, to see and feel and know and hear clearly about this situation and then if if especially if it's involving another person you invite them to come and join you in the fifth dimension their higher self come and join you you in your higher self them in their higher self coming to meet to talk and you can in that fifth and you can have the their that person's guides and angels bring their higher self to meet you in that fifth dimensional space. And your ego mind is going to say, well, this is not real. This is fantasy. I don't know how to do this. Is this real? Is this working? Just just say, ego, you're not needed right now. You can rest. Okay. And then when you're with the other person's higher self, in that fifth dimensional space it's a time where you can listen and ask what's really going on you can also share what your intention is what your desire is so it's a having a conversation beyond personality so you're not blaming you you don't even need to explain share the same mind So you're coming together in that recognition that you do share the same mind and you'd really like to have peace and harmony and to open in compassion for them, for the other person, and to speak clearly to them so that you can feel heard. And then ask the angels and the masters to Bring the the healing, loving, compassion of the conversation into your third dimensional experience. And this has been so helpful to me in difficult relationship situations. And you may have heard me tell the story of um, remember I tell the story of uh, I was having such a difficult time with my dad and I couldn't figure it out and I moved in such a place of upset and I went for a walk and I laid down in the snow Do you remember me telling that story and I realized that my inner child of all these different ages had made this vow to seek revenge and the opportunity to seek revenge was now available to me, but I didn't want to take re- revenge. And so I was in conflict with all these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of vows that I'd made in my life growing up with my father and wanted to retaliate and seek revenge. And now here was my opportunity because he was so weak and so um, challenged. And I, my, in my heart, I only wished to support him, but there was all this conflict coming up, and and things that my father was saying and doing were triggering these old memories that I'd forgotten about, and um, and it was very intense for me. So in that, I, in that moment, I didn't actually have a fifth dimensional conversation with my dad, but I had it with all my inner children and all the aspects of my personality that made all those vows to seek revenge. And in that conversation, there was a healing where I let all the vows of revenge go. And then when I went back home and I had a different experience of my dad and we had a nice evening. And then when I went to bed that night, I said, okay, angels, I'd just like to know tomorrow when I wake up, I'd like some kind of a sign that my father is aware that we've had this healing and it's complete. And then when I went to, uh, when I got up in the morning and I went into the kitchen to make a cup of tea and my dad was making his coffee and right away he said, Jennifer, I just want you to know that the problems that we've had, they're completely in the past. They're over and done now. I mean, you couldn't have a more direct sign than that, that the healing had taken place. So it was my willingness to call it forth. The healing took place in my mind. I was the one who forgave. I let those vows go. I let the desire for revenge and attack go. And I prayed with the angels, with the masters, that it was complete. And I was willing to let it be complete. I felt complete. And because we share the same mind, and my father was also willing there was an instantaneous healing. And it has lasted. Not that we have had no issues since then, but hardly any, hardly any. So I know that it works. Many of us would rather not know that it works and experience that it does work, they will delay, they'll forget about it, they'll never do it, because they either prefer to stay in blame and not take responsibility, and not recognize the power of their mind to change their life experience. They'd rather play small. Or they fear that it won't work for them. So they don't try because they don't want to know that it won't work for them. So they don't even try. And then they prove what they believe, which is it won't work for them. I used to do that all the time. And then I made a decision to prove God in my life. Instead of proving that it doesn't work for me, I got done with that. I was sick and tired of proving that it didn't work for me. I felt I just started to feel like an imbecile studying spiritual principle all the while believing it wouldn't work for me. i couldn't do it anymore, so I had to change my mind and I made the decision to prove that it does work for everyone, including me and that was a life-changing decision. Not that I didn't have many moments of reverting, but I don't revert in anymore. I don't revert. There're still things I am hesitant to look at or avoiding look at, but they're less and less. Every year there's less and less. And this is what I wish for you. It takes real courage and I found it so hard to do it on my own that it's, it's really important to me to help people do it with others so they don't feel alone. So we're at time here. I, um, any questions before about that? And we can talk about it next week as well. Anybody like to have a thought or a question about that? i just make sure I'm, nobody. All right, Tracy. I think we're canceling each other out. You go.
5: I I haven't heard the term fifth dimensional. What's this? Fifth dimensional awareness. So it's just a a level out of uh, beyond time and space and, or basically like our higher Holy spirit self.
0: Exactly. So you can see causation. You can see what everything is for. You're seeing beyond the illusion of time and space. Okay. So the
5: causation probably being more along the lines of ultimate healing and okay. All right. Okay. Fifth dimensional.
0: Yeah. And you don't even have to understand it in order to ask for it. I didn't understand it, but I began to understand it through having experiences uh, of healing beyond time and space. And like with the, with the one with my father, I'd wonder did it really work? But then I'd think, well, that's doubt, isn't it? Wondering if it worked. So I'm not going to put any energy into doubt wondering if it worked. Instead, I'll say, I look forward to seeing the evidence that it did work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because Course in Miracles tells us all doubt is self-doubt so I don't need to energize that anymore yeah so I really as a homework assignment I can't imagine that you can't find something that you'd like to have a real healing with that you could or a person that you'd like to have a healing with so inviting you to practice this week have the courage to practice and and to not forget to make it a priority and we can talk about it next week so two classes left Wow it's amazing how the year goes by Uh, another thing oh one more thing I'll just mention and then I'll pray us out Um, You know, one of the things that's most helpful to people who are trying to figure out, do they have the strength, the courage, the willingness to join Masterful Living is when you folks are willing to share something about your experience in your own words. You know, it's the, we call them testimonials, but it's really your sharing in your own words because everybody has their own unique experience. And so if you'd be willing to share in writing and send a photograph, that's great. Um, And it's really about sharing uh, how you felt at the beginning of the year, Because most people feel at the beginning of the year that it's probably not going to work for them, that they don't have what it takes. So wherever you felt at the beginning of the year and what difference it made this year made to you, how do you feel differently? What's actually changed in your life, whether it's in your physical experience, your emotional experience, your mental experience, what's changed for you? Because each one is unique. You know, I talked to so many of you, I know exactly how unique it is. And it's having that array of people's uh, experiences that people can um, read in their own words or listen to. That's very helpful. And um, now that people are familiar with Zoom, we can, it's so easy to do a testimonial on Zoom. So Angela is going to, um, for people who would like to do that, you know, take a five to ten minutes to just record a ninety-second uh, little video on Zoom. A- Angela can do it on Zoom and facilitate that. Um, of course, you can. You know, a lot of people can do it with their phones and things like that. Um, so volunteers. If you'd like to volunteer, you can write to me at MLC at Jennifer Hadley. You can write to uh, admin at Jennifer Hadley, or you can just write directly to Angela if you'd like to uh, share some words. Video is the, uh, what a lot of people relate to the most, but it doesn't have to be video. It can be written word. And sometimes for people feel more comfortable doing a video rather than writing because they don't feel they're that, uh, able to really write it well, but they can say it. And some people feel they can write it better than they can say it. So everybody's unique in that way too, but that's a wonderful way to pay it forward. Um, So one of the things I don't do is I don't use fear-based marketing. So I I use inspiration-based, and I think your personal experiences are the most inspiring. It's not what I say. It's really what uh, you folks say that really helps people to know if it's right for them or not. So, all right. Well, let's take that breath of love and gratitude so grateful and so thankful that we're living our life in an awareness that we are love and we are loved. We are the beloved of the beloved. This is forever true. And we are grateful and thankful to join together with a willingness of remembering it. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the perfect love of God shining in our awareness. So grateful to have this gift fully and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We go forth and call forth more peace, more love, more joy, more wholeness, more harmony, more prosperity, in every cell, fiber, and function of the body temple, in our mind, in our life, in our relationships, in our work, in every aspect of our being. In gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you. Thank you. Bye.